coming up on this episode of the MD and Chef Team Show. Started adding all these things, started prioritizing myself and giving myself permission that, Mm. no, you don't have to put everyone in front of you all the time. Like you need to take care of yourself. And that was a big mindset shift because I had never done that before. I had never said, no, this is non-negotiable time for myself. And, And so once I started doing that and being consistent, it really was a game changer. Welcome to the show from the, the MD, MD and Chef, Chef team. team. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor here at the MD and Chef team. And who are you? And I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team. And what are we going to talk about, babe? Now, I can say that because he's my husband. <laughs> yes. Well, then we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy. We'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming depression, anxiety. I'll be getting into functional nutrition, recipes and tips from the kitchen. And we're going to both get into how to live a long, healthy, vibrant life. Yes, I love it. Our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. We We like like to have have fun, fun too. So let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MD and Chef team. I'm so glad you're here with me. And guess who I get to talk to today? Dr. Kelly Kessler. And I'm going to go ahead and share with you a little bit about her her life, but she's going to share with us her story because it's deep and it's meaningful. And I'm sure it's going to help so many of you out there. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Thank you. Now, before we begin, are you okay if I call you Kelly or do you want me to call you Dr. Kelly? No, Kelly's fine. Okay. And I'm Isabel. Mm -hmm, Great. Okay. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Let's go. Dr. Kelly Kessler is a licensed physical therapist, wellness coach, host of her podcast called Rewiring Health, and the owner of the Optimal You Health and Wellness. I love that title. That is such a good title. Thank you. Kelly reaches and teaches women who have a history of an eating disorder how to regulate their nervous system to achieve relief from chronic pain through her signature method eating disorder, pain solutions. Inspired by her own journey of of recovering from an eating disorder and chronic back pain, Kelly has helped many women harness their profound ability to shift from survival mode to thriving. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah, absolutely. Ken, do you mind sharing with us a little bit about, or as much as you want, you know, and feel comfortable sharing about your story? Because I believe like you and I both talked about before we started this, that people learn from our, from our, from our pain. Yeah, absolutely. I'm an, I'm an open book, but it wasn't always like that. Uh, It took me a long time to really disclose what I had gone through with my eating disorder. I was very secretive about it, but it started um, my late teens and I didn't even recognize that it was an eating disorder. So I was an athlete and I played field hockey and I was very much a perfectionist. So I would just push myself harder and harder, never felt like what I did was good enough and just kept going harder and harder and um, went off to college. And my goal was to make the starting uh, lineup for the field hockey team. Freshman year, I made the starting lineup, did it. (laughs) You know, you would think you'd be like ecstatic, you know, nope, I I had to keep going. It wasn't enough. So while everyone was out drinking, I was out running. And 
it just kind of perpetuated. And the school I went to wasn't really a good fit. So I ended up transferring. And that really was not a great thing for me because the I was I not only gave up my starting position, but then I entered a team that had already been established and I was the odd man out. And mm. that was kind of like the catalyst to let things kind of snowball out of control, I felt like. Mm. And so they, you know, I come into this team, I'm not really welcomed. And so what did I do to cope with that? I just started exercising more because that's all I knew. So I was doing all the workouts with the team and then I would go do my own workouts. And that then got gradually more and more out of control too. So I would, you know, eat breakfast. I was working out, eat lunch, working out, eat dinner, working out. And Mm. again, when everyone's going to the bar, you know, or walking home at 3 a.m., I was out running campus. And so I did that for a long time. But the problem was I was also binging while I was doing that. So I was eating excessively and then exercising excessively. And that was my cycle. And uh, I did that for several years. And then I got to a point where I was eating so much that I felt like I couldn't do it with exercise alone to, you know, expel those calories, exercise alone. And then I started throwing up. Mm. And that was the moment I realized I had an issue. I had something going on that was more than I realized because the whole time I had just thought I was an athlete and I was just working hard. But once I started doing that, I'm like, okay, I do have a problem. But I didn't really care because I held on to my eating disorder because it was my comfort zone. It's what I knew. And I didn't want help. I didn't want anybody to tell me I needed to change because that's what I wanted at that time. Mm -hmm. And I look back at it now and I realize how warped my head was at that time. But that was my truth then. And that's what I wanted. So went on for years. I eventually... I'm I'm condensing this, but I eventually got to a it's point okay. where it's okay. Take as much time as you yeah. want. We're here. <laughs> okay. We're here listening. Yeah. So um I did kind of hit a, a point. I remember a time when I was um I had just eaten a whole bag of chocolate chips. I was like really shameful of myself. I'm like, I can't believe I just did that. Went for a run and then I'm like, I end up throwing up several times. I just sat on my floor like shaking and like my eyes were bloodshot. My heart was pounding out of my chest and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I, I can't keep going on like this. Like I, I was scared because like I was starting to see my body reacting in a way that I hadn't seen it react before. And so I'm like, I need to change. I don't know how I'm going to change, but I need to change. And I really feel like that was the moment I had even journaled about it at the time like that had happened. And I'm like, I have to do something because I don't want to live the rest of my life like this. And so I kind of baby stepped my way out of a very, very deep hole and gradually got myself to a point where I wasn't tethered by my eating disorder after several years and several setbacks got to that point. And now I'm in my mid twenties and uh, now I'm experiencing back pain. So, Mm. you know, I had pounded the pavement for years, lifted for years And in hindsight, I do realize that there was so much emotional turmoil from the eating disorder that I had never worked through Mm -hmm. that that was also playing a huge role in what my body was experiencing. Mm -hmm. So I went to several practitioners. Um, I remember one in particular, I got an x-ray of my back and, uh, you know, at the time is before I had gone to PT school, didn't really understand the body as well. And they're like, well, you have half the dyskaya L4, L5. And I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? And they're like, well, it doesn't come back and only gets progressively worse. And that was kind of what they said. There was no like hope in it, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm 25, you know? Like I'm too young to be experiencing yeah. this. 
And like, it just put so much fear into me that for years, I felt like that was my Achilles heel. Like my back was something that would always be like my nemesis. And so, Hmm. you know, I go off to PT school, learn everything about the body. I put myself through like a stretching regimen, a strengthening regimen, you know, manipulations, you name it. And again, I still have pain and I'm like, this still isn't doing what I thought it would. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I still can't even help myself. And it was then I watched the documentary Heal and they talk, you know, in that talk about the power of the mind and the body and the nervous system. And that really was like the switch. I'm like, oh my gosh, I missed a huge part of healing. Like I didn't even think about that till now. And that's, that really was the catalyst for me opening the door to actually healing. And so I realized the root cause was my dysregulated nervous system that had been manifesting for years with the eating disorder and stress that I never dealt with. Mm. And so I dove in head first and started implementing things. And again, fast forward many years, I'm talking to talking to you today with no back pain. So it really has come so far. So it's it's amazing. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. I that's hard work. That's deep work. Yeah. That you yeah. that you had to do. And um I honor that uh, Thank you. only because it's so hard to do that work first mm-hmm. to wake up yeah, and go, okay, I'm really afraid now. I've got to fix, yeah. I've got to, I've got to get this repaired. Mm-hmm. I always think while you were telling the story, I was thinking about Dr. Gabor Mate mm-hmm. and how his equation, his simplified equation is we all experience a trauma mm-hmm. that leads to pain, mm-hmm. that leads to escape. Mm-hmm. And your escape was working out and yeah, pretty much self harming yourself. You know 100%. that was that was your best friend. Mm-hmm. Can you can you backtrack and, and do you know what that trauma was for you? Yeah, you know it's like I I feel like it's you know I was I I've been doing a lot of introspect introspection because I was like I had a good childhood you know like I had a good family like I had good parents but now that I have my own children. I start seeing things that, you know, my parents watch my children and they're great people, but I start seeing things where like I had internalized something like subconscious messages that I didn't realize I had. And part of that was like, everything was black and white growing up. It was like, this is good. This is bad, you know? And there was, there wasn't a lot of wiggle room. And I felt like in some ways it was kind of very like, judgmental in a way, like this is how you do it. And anything outside of that is not really right. And I felt like I was always, I'm a people pleaser. So I always tried to like rise up to their expectations. And I felt like if I didn't meet their expectations, I was a failure. And I, looking back, that's, I, that's, I think how all those messages got bred in me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember Things that were said like growing up, like, you know, uh, my brother had called me like a fat pig, you know, when I was young and I, I internalized that too. And I remember, I actually found something in my childhood desk where I had written when I was 10, I'm so fat. Mm. And, you know, I'm like, oh my God, like, I didn't realize how young, like I felt like that, you know? And I think it was just an accumulation of things that, you know, I just... I, I don't know. It wasn't like this big thing. It was like all these little micro traumas that I internalized because I'm a sensitive person. I didn't know how to process that. You know, I didn't really speak openly with emotions growing up. That was kind of like, we don't really talk too much with emotions and I didn't know how to process it. 
So I think that really was it. But yeah, it wasn't any big event that happened. So it took me a while to figure out why. Why did I experience that? Because it wasn't something that was so explicit that, of course, this is how I dealt with it. Yeah. Micro traumas that Mm -hmm. add up. They just, you know, they're just a little tear here, a Mm -hmm. little cut there. And those cuts, when a little bit of, yeah, they can accumulate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you you obviously have worked with the limbic system. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> the, good, the good old limbic system. Yes. We love it and we hate it all at the same time. <laughs> yes. Well, tell me, what was the connection between your the eating disorder and your chronic pain and your healing with the limbic system? I know that's a big yeah. question. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it took me a while to realize that connection too, because like I said, I did everything mechanical, orthopedic, and it wasn't working. And then I realized I still had so many, I had never dealt with the emotional trauma of that eating disorder. I just kind of, the behavior stopped, but I didn't really deal with everything that I was thinking at that time. So I still had very much the same thoughts, like you're not good enough, you know, nothing you do is good enough. You know, you're only... Your worthiness is tied to what you do, what you accomplish. Like I had such a perfectionist mindset where, you know, I was just striving for this unattainable. And at that time, the unattainable was my body, but I still carried those into everything I did. So school, you Mm. know, work, everything I did, I still had this mentality. And so those limiting beliefs, that that turmoil, inner turmoil, I recognized was causing constant stress in my life. Mm -hmm. And it really came to a head when I was, we were building this house and, you know, I was pregnant and, you know, I had still had all that stress and it was just so much. And then my back was the worst it had ever been. And I was doing better. And I started realizing every time my stress in my life increased, my back pain would increase significantly. And when things were quieter, it wasn't as bad. So that's when I started. I could relate to that. I can mm-hmm. so relate to that. When I yeah. stress, I get right lower, that sciatica kind yeah. of comes on. And yep. then things are sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> like, you're like, oh, fine. yeah, and you're like, oh, it went away. And then it, then it like comes right back. And I started seeing those correlations and I'm like, and it, it really was like, I had to get smacked in the face with it because I was probably the most stressed I had ever been in years because of like, I was pregnant. We were living at my parents' house with three dogs and my husband and we we're building this house and everything mm. went wrong. And I was driving an hour to work five days a week. And I mean, it was like, everything was just like a perfect storm. And I literally like, couldn't even drive to work without stopping like three times to get out. I couldn't sleep. I was walking around with like a lacrosse stick, like just to brace myself, oh, you know, wow. like, I mean, it was like, it was a nightmare, you know, you were bad. I was real bad. And then it's like, that's when I realized like, I, it was the same thing. I'm like, this is something, you know, and then I had to work through that stress and really start implementing all the things I was learning about. I started dive, I dove head first and learned everything I could do to start working on myself. And, you know, it's like, you get a little bit of that relief and you be like, this is going to work, you know, and then it just becomes momentum. And that's really Mm -hmm. what happened. Are you afraid of having Alzheimer's? Well, you don't have to anymore. You see, the most up-to-date medical research now shows us having Alzheimer's is an option. Yes, you heard me right. Having Alzheimer's is an option. 
You can learn how by having your very own personalized pre-code report. Now you're probably asking me, what is a pre-code report? Great question. Pre-code stands for preventing cognitive decline. And the pre-code report shows you what unique areas you can start working on right away. All of this has been made available by my genius mentor and medical doctor, Dr. Dale Bredesen, who has been researching this for 30 plus years and wrote the best book ever called The End of Alzheimer's. Having Alzheimer's is now an option. There is hope. For more information on how to get your pre-code underway, look for the link in the show notes. Now, back to the podcast. And, you know, you were, I shouldn't have said you were bad because you weren't bad. You were, you were, in a, you were in a bad space. Yeah, 100%. And, and so you started, so forgive me for saying you were No, bad. you're fine. <laughs> you're not a bad, you know. No worries. I know, I know, I know. I know, but it lands in our brain, you know. Yeah. And then yeah. we've got to go, nope, I got to kick it out. So kick it out, girl, kick yep, it out. That's right. Move myself from it. <laughs> so you were in a bad space. What did you do? Like, what happened? Yeah. What? Yeah, so I mean, I literally, I, I was like, I still was like working hard, but then it's like when the back pain came, I couldn't. And so I'm like, okay, I just need to start like toning everything back. I started diving into breath work. I started diving into like gentle yoga. And then I started learning about like the visual system. And I just kind of like gradually the vagus nerve started implementing that. And it's like, you know, it was over time, but I kept like adding things on, you know? And then it's like every time I got into a better routine, like my pain was dissipating. So I realized this is working. And so that same headstrong attitude I had that kept me in all this was getting me out because I'm like, I, I'm a problem solver. Like if I don't like what's happening, I will figure a way out. And so that's that's what I did. And so started adding all these things, started prioritizing myself and giving myself permission that mm. no, you don't have to put everyone in front of you all the time. Like you need to take care of yourself. And that was a big mindset shift because I had never done that before. I had never said, no, this is non-negotiable time for myself. And and so once I started doing that and being consistent, it really was a game changer. Exactly. We have to learn that. Mm -hmm. One, being a people pleaser, which yeah. a lot of us yeah. are women, especially, mm -hmm. are raised yeah. to be people pleaser. I mean, we've got like antennas that just know yeah. whether somebody's happy with us or not. Just a sigh or a mm -hmm. or just totally. all that stuff. And yeah. then not only are we taught to be people pleasers, but I love your attitude. Like, I'm going to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? And you did. And and you you essentially learned the recipe for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And, and would you agree that everybody is a different recipe? You just 100%. need a little bit of help to figure out what that recipe is. Because it is so personalized, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, there's, there's a generalized guide for that. But mm -hmm. it's again, knowing yourself and getting in tune with yourself well enough to know what should stick and what you should repel. Right. And so like what worked for me is good. And there's things that people can absolutely take. And the whole recipe of like how you implement that is all the same. Being consistent, giving yourself grace, be, you know, not worrying about perfection, all that. But there's so many tools you can implement, but you have to know and be in tune with yourself and know enough to know, 
yes, I keep this. No, I don't. Because that was another thing with the eating disorder and the back pain is that like I had disassociated from even my own signals and what was right for me that I had to learn that again. Mm -hmm. And what, what actually feels good versus like that, you know, should versus good, you know, it's a tough line to kind of figure out when you've kind of removed yourself from any kind of internal cues for so long. Mm-hmm. And and gosh, there's so much I want to, you know, while mm-hmm. you're talking, I'm like, oh yeah, I want to. Yeah. Number one is learning to listen to the way you're listening to yes. yourself and how, and just saying, wait a minute, no, I'm going to start mm-hmm. talking to myself the way I want to be talked to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's number one. And then number two is I love that you didn't essentially say this, but the way I say it in a sentence mm-hmm. is self-care is not being selfish. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. if you're not well, then how can you help other people? You know, how can you help your yeah. family, your husband? So exactly. I, yeah. man, I know how hard it is. I know. So when did you figure out that you're not perfect and that you will never ever be perfect? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a work in progress that I still check myself. I'm still doing a lot of subconscious work, but I'm much better than I was, you know? So I would say it was a few years ago and I really like dove into like, like it really, I didn't even, it was just, I was on autopilot. So I didn't even like realize I was having these thoughts until I started bringing light to them. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, that doesn't have to be true. Like, you know, I took this all as gospel. Like, of course, this is how you think, you know? And then once I started questioning it, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like a whole different perspective. I don't have to be perfect. The world's not going to come crashing down if everything's not perfect. Like, and it, you know, a lot of times I would be trying to be so perfect. It paralyzed me. So I wasn't progressing. I wasn't taking action. And then like, I started changing that and then things were opening up and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so liberating, you know? So it's like, and like I said, it's a work in progress. I still do work on myself every single day because, you know, I still have limiting beliefs. There's still things that, you know, I know are holding me back and I'm still trying to work through it. And that's, I think that's just life. That's what I'll do till I die. You know, it's just work on one thing and, and keep on, you know, one, one, once one problem is solved, you figure out another problem. So there's always going to be problems. We just have to work through it. Right. Lifelong learning. Yeah, exactly. And now that you're a mom, Mm -hmm. uh, I know that you'll Mm -hmm. have more grace with your kids. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm so, yeah, I'm so aware of like the messages they're getting. And, and I'm, you know, I, I talk about my emotions with them because I feel like that was one of those things I didn't have. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, my parents would kind of keep this persona. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. And you just knew it wasn't. And so now I say, you know what? I am a little frustrated right now. I didn't react well. Like if I don't, I I recognize that I own it. And I said, and that's okay. And, you know, I, my son, I'm so proud of him. He's three years old. He's doing breath work when he gets upset. Mm. So like he already has skills that it took me 30 years to learn, you know? So I'm trying to allow him to have coping mechanisms for herself because I think that's what happens is that our kids don't have coping mechanisms. We comfort them. They become adults. And then we expect them to self-soothe with no tools. Right. And that becomes a huge issue. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love it. Your kids will benefit yeah. greatly from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As, as will your clients. Now, I want to ask yes. you, yeah. what, what three action steps? I always like sending our listeners away with mm-hmm. three things that they can start implementing now into their lives. Mm-hmm. What yeah. three action steps would you give them today? 
So first thing I would do is carve out the smallest amount of time you can in, in the beginning of your day and the end of your day, even if it's one minute. Do one minute. And so I always recommend starting as small as you absolutely need to in a way that it feels silly to say no, because the hardest <laughs> part is getting started. And this was a big thing for me. It's like, you don't have to jump in and do an hour of something because you're going to meet resistance with that automatically. So carve out a minute in your morning, a minute in your day, and then build on that to do things that serve you. So that would be one. Two would be start your day out with an intention. So leave your phone aside because you can't show up for everyone else unless you show up for yourself. So have some kind of intention that serves you in a way that is positive. So it literally is how our brains are wired. If you have the intention that today is going to be full of abundance, your brain will literally figure out a way to filter out the world to see more abundance and it's part of that reticular activating system. So, so have Which is a real thing in our brain. It's real. A reticular activating system. Exactly. So it's not woo-woo. It's absolutely real. So have <laughs> it's <some> not woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another thing. It's like have an intention, like, like have something that you want to see more of. What do you want to attract in your life? And then think about that. And then the other part would be like, I end my day this way. And I always recommend to people, end your day with allowing yourself to dream. Because mm -hmm. I think we lose our ability to dream when we're kids. We think we can do it when we're kids, but when we're adults, we have to live in reality. But it's not true. Allow your brain to create the most dream perfect life you could imagine and feel it, put it into your emotional sense because that will help your subconscious to realize that you're worthy of it. And again, draw you into a place where you're actually rewiring your brain to create that reality for yourself. So allow yourself to dream and make it as vivid as possible and experience it as if it was real. So those would be my three tips. And what a great thing, what a great last thought before you go into sleep. Mm -hmm, because then exactly. that gets that gets planted in our subconscious and then mm -hmm. our reticular activating system is doing whatever yep. it needs to do to bring it to us. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> yep. And it's like that consistency. It might be hard to even imagine that when you start, but yeah. the more you do it, you're teaching your brain that I am going to create my destiny, not just allow the world to create it for me. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm the boss of this. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And where I love it. Thank you for that. Yeah, so, sure. And I, I love just one minute. Come on, everybody. You're yes. worth one minute in the morning and one That's minute it. at night. Okay. Exactly. Start Come, small. Yeah. Start small. <laughs> and not don't overwhelm yourself like mm -hmm. we probably all tend to do. Oh, I'm going to yep. do everything. And then you do exactly. nothing. Momentum follows action. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Very, very true. Mm -hmm. Now, where, Ke Kelly, where can people find you and work with you? And sure. Yeah. So um, you can reach me at my website. It's optimal, you, you, health and wellness.com. I'm also on all social media under Dr. Kelly Kessler, all one word. So probably the two best ways to find me. Great. And th this will all be in the show notes, everybody, mm -hmm. just so you know. Thank you for, for not being perfect. It's right. It you took know, me a while to figure out that I'm not, but, and I can never be, but that's okay. And you'll never enforce that on anybody mm -hmm. to be perfect. No. You know, your no. husband, your kids, your friends, me, mm -hmm. anybody. Exactly. Yeah. Giving yourself some grace makes you give everyone else some grace as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I know from from my my work when I was trying to be perfect because hey, I'm a medical doctor. That's what we're mm-hmm. supposed to do, right? Right. Um, I didn't have very much grace for people. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. have it for myself. So I know that you've learned that, and that is like one of the best vitamins you it can is. ever be taking every day is vitamin yes. grace. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And it starts with yourself. It's like you said, if if you're not feeling it for yourself, you're going to be expecting, yeah. you know, perfection for everyone else. Yeah. And all we can do is just do the best we can every day, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Show up and be consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't do that's anybody right. else. No, you're the best version of yourself. <laughs> yeah. I do love that statement. I've heard that over and over mm-hmm. again. I go, yeah, that's really good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. We'll have to do another one of these to yeah, talk about the deeper work that people yeah. can do with their nervous system. Mm-hmm. And in closing, everyone, thank you so much for joining me and Kelly. We really love that you're, you've been in this space with us. We hope that this touches your heart and it helps you to move forward and up and just becoming the best version of you. Mm-hmm. Until next time, remain unstoppable, okay? Just whatever you've got in your mind, in your heart that you want to achieve, don't give up. Just keep going step by step by step, one minute at a time. Right, Kelly? You got it. Absolutely. One minute at a time. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you very much and Thank have a so wonderful much. day. All right. Bye-bye. Hello, Chef Michael here. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you subscribe to the podcast and left us a review.